Yo, yo, it's JR. Welcome to the JR Show podcast. Boy, do I have a treat for you today. I am a huge Nate Bargatze fan. He's one of the hottest comedians in the country right now. He's a clean comedian, which is great. You can take your kids there. And he's just super duper funny. But he has a podcast called Nate Land that I listen to every week, every episode they do. But his co-host on that podcast is another comedian by the name of Brian Bates. And I was able to secure Brian Bates to be on this podcast. Without further ado, let's get after it. Ladies and gentlemen, will you please welcome today's guest, uh, comedian Brian Bates. How are you, sir? I'm wonderful. How are you? Good. I want to set up how yours. Normally, I have artists we play on the Joy FM. You yeah. know, just singers, Toby Mac, Chris Tomlin, and yeah. I know you're a believer, so you know some of these names. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, here in our building, we've become huge fans of Nate Bargatze, who has just kind of become this worldwide phenomenon. Right. But you are in a weekly podcast with Nate, <laughs> which is called Nate Land, and you're also a comedian for a job. Yes. Yes, that's what you do all week is you're you're you know doing stand up all over the country yep. and then you come together with with Nate and another comedian and do a podcast which we've absolutely adore. Thank uh, you. Called Nate Land. Thank you. And Thank you. Yeah, I know you're the brains behind it all. I'm the brains. <laughs> I'm the every It should be called Bates Land Bates because Land. I do it at all. No, no. Nate pays for all the production and brings in all the people. So I guess it should be yeah. named after him. But yeah. I uh, I do do all the research on it. I reply to all the fans and yeah. check the social media. So I yeah. do a lot as well. Well, I need to. Well, first of all, let's get the green screen going before we get into anything. Uh, we give all the artists a chance to pick the background. Yeah. So when we share these clips on socials, people will see. You've, you've seen a list of like 30 potential backgrounds. What would you like to go with? Um, I, I didn't know I got to pick, but I'll go with, uh, how about African Safari? Let's do it. Nobody's chosen that one. Okay. Whoa. This is great. <laughs> I've never been either. So this is wonderful. <laughs> you know, it's like a real live version of the Lion King. Yeah. Here. That's great. I'm a little nervous though <laughs> of what's going to come behind us, but, um, okay, good. Let's get after it. Yeah. Um, the, let's start with, um, all right, so when you work on a podcast with with a guy who, and I find it kind of awkward yeah. yet comical in the podcast when you guys are, the bigger and bigger Nate Bargatze gets. Um, I, I'm I'm kind of curious how your this already feels like Chris Farley. <laughs> you know when you work with Nate Bargatze, what's he like? That was awesome. <laughs> that was so awesome. Do you remember when you were with the Beatles? <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Uh, but like, um, how have you guys seen just being associated, you know, cause you guys are very, you and Aaron are very funny comedians, mm -hmm. but Nate's on this worldwide mm -hmm. level. Yeah. How have you seen shows for you over? I mean, I've been listening to the podcast for almost two years now. Mm -hmm. How has life changed since being on the podcast with Nate? Have you seen shows? Definitely. Definitely. It's changed drastically. I mean, I've toured with Nate for years. Uh, opening for him. So I've watched him go from small clubs to big clubs to sold out theaters. Yeah. But I really didn't realize how little people paid attention to the opener yeah. until I started doing the podcast. Because now people do know me 
and they'll say, we would love to see you sometime perform. We saw Nate in Green Bay, yeah. and I'm like, I opened for him in Green Bay. <laughs> but they didn't know me then, and they didn't care. Yeah. At the time, I thought I was doing great and a big deal, but yeah. I now realize no one cares about the opener unless they actually know him. What's the story that you, oh gosh, what was it? You, Nate made fun of you the other day because you were the one saying, do you want a picture with, uh, I forget what Oh, uh, there's so was. many like that. Um <laughs> Gosh, what was I that? La- I think I cried laughing because the big joke was Brian will take will ask pictures with the fans. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I've done that. I mean, I'm too overzealous at times. So, yeah. and I check the email. I don't can't remember that particular one, but I check the emails. You know, for the podcast, <laughs> it usually ends up with me being the last one to email <laughs> because yeah. they're finally done with me. They're like, all right. We- <laughs> We get it, because oh, we'll right. go back and forth to the point where we're like, "All right, dude, I don't, have, I don't know what else to say. Leave me alone." <laughs> and then there was a story I told about again on the road with Nate. We do this big theater. Um, there, the next day, I'm at a sandwich shop. I see this girl there, attractive woman. So I remembered her. She was sitting right up front, yeah. and I said, "Hey, were you at the Nate Bargatze show That's last night?" That's the story. And she said, yeah, were you? <laughs> and you're like, I'm the opener. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, I was the opener act. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought you looked familiar. She tried to cover her tracks, but she had no idea right. who I was. She didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Because <laughs> um, we, um, Toby Mac actually set it up so that we could drive down to Naples. Um, just about everybody in this room right now. Yeah. Um, and in, you know, such a genuine guy, um, it, almost like you, you're glad to see somebody with that kind of celeb, not let it go to their head. Right. Maybe he's different privately, but at least with Toby? us, no, 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 Nate or Nate, you know, J- Nate, Toby set it up, but yeah, when yeah. You, we're sitting there, we're talking backstage with Nate Bargassi and, and it's like, it's great to see you know, he's just this genuine, nice guy. Yeah, and that's an act. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Privately, he's not a good person. Diva. Yeah. <laughs> he's beyond a diva. He's just not a good person, really, yeah. altogether. <laughs> no, Nate's great. He's yeah. wonderful. He, he surrounded himself. I mean, he moved back home to yeah. be with his family. He surrounded himself with friends he grew up with. And his uh, tour manager is his high school uh, buddy. Yeah. Known all his life. His sister is now working for him as his assistant. So, you know, when you're around family and friends that you've grown up with, they keep you in line because they won't let you get a big head. Yeah. Yeah. Even in, um, it's just the podcast is such a great mix because you got Nate who's run into money because of his hard work. Right. You know, he's earned it, all that. Right. You got you being older in age, but looking up to Nate career-wise, like learning from him. Mm -hmm. Aaron's on the opposite spectrum Mm -hmm. of age, but looking up to Nate. Mm -hmm. So as a fan, and me and my son are, and you know, a lot of people in this room are fans of the podcast. It's a dynamic of life. I mean, it's, it's a sitcom, right? The podcast is a sitcom and I, it is actually, you know, I do one of the most highest rated shows in the Tampa Bay area on the radio. And I listen to the Nate land podcast for career purposes. So when I go in to do a show where comedy is kind of, it's, 20% 20% spiritual, you mm-hmm. know, reading scriptures and stuff. Mm-hmm. 80% just trying to make people laugh for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, not on a comedian. Your job is way harder than mine to be exposed to them. <laughs> um, but I listen because it's the pursuit of the joke. And I thank God for this, that in my line of work and yours as well, 
you know, it says in Proverbs that laughter is good like a medicine. So Mm -hmm. essentially, you're not just cutting it up. You're giving people a gift. The ability to laugh is something people in their very hard lives, if you can make somebody laugh, it's like a gift you can give. Well, thank you very much for saying that. I really appreciate that. And it did. Our podcast started during the pandemic. We started middle of 2020. And kind of because of the pandemic, we were all stuck at home. So Nate started this podcast. But so many people have said it was such a blessing to them because of what's going on in their life or because they're stuck at home. And, you know, there was so much political upheaval and mm-hmm. that's been going on for the last couple of years. I mean, longer than that. But, you know, the last yeah. two years have really been hard on people. And we don't talk about politics. Yeah. We don't talk about try not to talk about anything controversial. Just have fun. Yeah. Tell jokes. So many people say it reminds them of their buddies, just three guys hanging out, cutting up, making fun of each other. Like you said, we're all at different spectrums, age-wise, career-wise. So it gives a little perspective from from all three of us, you know, so... I feel like it really identifies oh, people yeah. identify with it. Well, I find I do the same thing. Like you guys take topics every week. Like it's okay. Let's this year. Let's talk about the eighties. Next right. week. We're going to talk about Rhode Island. Right. I do the same thing on my show where when I bring something up with my buddy, Steve's in the room, my producer, mm-hmm. it's, it's all, if I bring up coupon, a story about, Oh, my wife caught a coupon the other day and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. It's not about the coupon. It's we're going to bounce off that and find the huge Seinfeld was huge at this Mm -hmm. to take something he observed at a stoplight Mm -hmm. and find a way to pitch it to his audience that make that can make them laugh. And it's an art form. If you can do it, it's it's an art form that is not easy or else everybody would be able to do it. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, the most outrageous topics are sometimes the hardest ones to make jokes about because they're already been done or they're so obvious. So we like to take the. Like we did a topic on calendars. That's and, one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. I did a whole episode just on calendars and something very like But I benign. didn't know any of that stuff. Yeah. So I learned something. Yeah. But then, you know, all of a sudden the joke turns to uh the, who was the main guy, the Gregorian. Yeah. Who was Pope Greg? Greg? Who <laughs> yeah. was Pope Greg? Yeah. And why yeah. did you yeah. know Nate's so good. I mean, we all none of us are very smart, but Nate's really good about making anyone listening feel good about themselves because yeah. he's not only going to ask the question that people were afraid to ask or too dumb. He's going to ask something a bit dumber than yeah. anyone was thinking. Oh yeah. And his mind just works so differently. So it makes it makes you laugh. I think it makes people feel good because yeah. uh cuz they know how to read. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so many people say they listen. They usually skip the ads, but they stick around for him just to see yeah. how he reads them. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do the clients mind that he messes up the ad, or it probably gets more attention for the client? Yeah, I don't know. I, people ask me that a lot. I don't know. Occasionally, yeah. we'll have to do a free one because he messed up oh, so yeah. much. <laughs> a redo. Yeah. Um, t- could you please tell everybody about your squirrel drama? Uh, you live now you live in the Nashville area, but yes. you grew up out in the country. Uh, well, the squirrel drama happened where I'm at now. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, uh, this was just a few months ago. Okay. It got pretty bad. Yeah. I took my car into the shop because, um, I guess I can't even remember what it, it was running fine, but some, some light did come on the dash Yeah. and the guy came in at the mechanic shop. And he sat down beside me. And you know when they sit down. (laughs) It's like in the hospital. It's like in the hospital. It's like they're about to give you bad news and they're trying to brief you. And he said, um, he said, rodents had chewed through your fuel line, among some other things. And he said, 
it's going to be $4,500 to have it fixed. And the reason I knew, I kind of, because this had happened to my wife, not this much, and yeah. my father-in-law as well. We have so many squirrels in our neighborhood, yeah. and we don't have a garage, that squirrels had gotten our car and chewed through the fuel line. So my car was in the shop for two weeks. Thankfully, my insurance covered it. I would have never even thought to ask, but uh, he said, call your insurance company. They covered it. But now we've got fake snakes out in the yard. (laughs) We've got mothballs because somebody said do that. People are sending all these different remedies. Apparently, this is a kind of a bigger thing than people realize. Yeah. But... Squirrels. Like, I can see having one or two, but you must have a colony like this. We do. We do. We live uh, just kind of near a lot of wooded areas, and yeah. there's just a lot of wildlife in general and a lot of squirrels. And So and on your hunts. insurance, does it now list? Like, is that like somebody that signs up for a policy right. later, it's going to be because of you squirrel, that they have to cover damage. rodent? <laughs> Yeah, I would never have even thought to check that. I know. The way Nate makes fun of you, though, is I can see you because you give off this. I'm a 50-year-old yeah. guy that lit before you got married. That lives alone. You walk outside with an army. What was it? An army? An air- I was wearing, when I told the story, I had an Air Force hat on, on the podcast. And then Nate said I'd have a BB gun and I'd look like just some <laughs> so, guy out there. To the neighbors, it looks like a 50-year-old guy trying to be war war guy. Yeah. Uh, shooting BB gun. Just waving at everybody hey. like Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right. Um, you're going to, first of all, congratulations. Uh, you're going to, you're, you're in your 50s. I just need to say I, that to set that up. I just up. turned 50. Just turned, I'm not in my oh, 50s. Yeah, I just what, turned 50 a month ago. Come on. <laughs> that's, like, that's like David Brent break. from the British office. Yes. So we're both in our 30s. Yeah, but I just turned 30. And you're, how old are you? Uh, it doesn't matter. I'm in my 30s. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. <laughs> um, and you're going to be a first-time father. Yes. Which, congratulations. Thank you. It was a big thing on the podcast where you waited till the end. And it was like, by the way, guys, like you even put it into a comment. A comment. Yeah. And everybody, Nate, and everybody's like, what did you say? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be a dad. And it shocked everybody. Yeah. Um, what are some pros and uh, just in your mind as you're thinking of becoming a, you know, yeah. a dad, pros and cons of being 50 and starting dadhood now? Things you're nervous about, but also pros. Uh, well, I was going to say, I, I can certainly list the cons. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I've got it right here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the cons are, um, <laughs> I'll be a lot more tired. I mean, how old were you when you had children? Uh, I was 25. Yeah, so yeah. that's half my age. Yeah. And you were probably exhausted, right? I am now. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so the the cons are obvious. I'm going to be exhausted. My wife, who's 45, is going to be exhausted. Um, yeah. You know, I'm going to be 68 at my child's high school graduation. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who knows how much further I'll make after yeah. that? Um, You'll get to use handicap at the school when you roll true. up for the graduation. That's true. That's cool. Good parking. Uh, <laughs> the pros, I'm told, is a little bit more mature. So yeah. Um, wisdom a little bit more wisdom a little bit more patience yeah financially i'm certainly better shape than we would have been oh yeah in our 20s so oh yeah we were working my wife and i were working two jobs both just above minimum wage yeah when we had our first child yeah so i don't so, know those are yeah. i mean i'm gonna be one of those guys who 
everyone's going to think I'm the grandfather. Right. And they're going to say things to me like, aren't grandchildren the best? Yeah. I'm going to be like, I guess. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I turned 50 and I immediately started getting letters in the mail from AARP and retirement communities. Yeah. And now I'm going to have to call these retirement communities and be like, do you have childcare? <laughs> <laughs> do you offer childcare? Cause I need that. Well, we've never been asked that before. Yeah. So. Wait, this is a, this is a sad turn, Brian, that no. you'll <laughs> wait about to find out. Yeah. No, I'm saying like one of the cons would be just age wise grandchildren. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> It'll be 90 something. <laughs> It's like it just hit you. Now it's hitting me. It like, just hit thank you me. for breaking this news to me. You've already that squared I won't live with to see this. My grandkids. I just met you, and I'm now having to square with this. Oh. It's hitting me right now. Hang in there, buddy. <laughs> thank you, right. Brian. Thank you. I guess uh, if you're okay with it, I can be okay with it. You too. were the first one I thought of when <laughs> <laughs> we found out we were pregnant. I was like, I don't know how he's going to take it. Yeah. But, uh, when he finds out how old I'm going to be when yeah. grandkids come, he's yeah. not going to deal with this. Look, but we had already accepted we weren't going to have children, so... It's a blessing. It's a... Yeah. You're playing with house money now. Right. To to be able to become a father now is... And you're not... I'm 44, so I'm like right on the cusp of you. And <laughs> I mean, my back is starting to hurt. My hair is starting to thin. Mm. But I'm at the beginning of Bless those. Bless your heart. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry to hear the, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you this one. As a believer working in the mainstream yeah. world now, working bars and clubs, what's been, because this is just between you and I, I noticed that because, <laughs> because and the audience. <laughs> Who's watching this? <laughs> just the seven of us. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, Nate has to, because Nate's got the Netflix deal and all right. this stuff, uh, we have artists we play that, like are really successful in the mainstream. Right. But they also have Christian. Right. And you can tell they're a lot more careful about not going too deep. And I can tell this in the podcast that Nate's not afraid to say he's a believer, Mm -hmm. but he won't go too far. And I always notice you are the one that will, that is not afraid to talk about church or God. Mm -hmm. You're the one that will drop the line. I'm like, he's a believer. He's a believer. That's how I knew to reach out to you is Mm -hmm. like, Hey, I'm at a Christian station. Brian's a Christian, Mm -hmm. but, um, for you, what's been kind of the toughest part about being a Christian in a lot of non-Christian circles, you know, doing those club gigs where Mm -hmm. this is not a, I know you do churches, but a lot of events, there's a lot of non-believers out here, but what's been the tough part for you about maybe being in that, that world? You know, and it really hasn't been that, that tough. I mean, in some ways it's helped me to stand out because, Mm -hmm. So many comedians and clubs and bars, they're doing the same material. They're doing drug material. Mm. They're doing just very girls, nasty stuff. Mm. And it all kind of blends together. So when I'm clean or even if I share my faith on stage, it makes me stand out to people Mm -hmm. and be more memorable. So it hasn't been that bad. I mean... Yeah. Maybe there's stuff I don't even know about, stuff I'm missing out on because they're like, ah, oh, this don't have him part of it. But yeah, it's have, been very little negative. Have you seen a change maybe in Nate and coming from the New York comedy days, coming back to his roots where a lot of people around the Nashville, you know, you're in, he's back in a Christian, mm-hmm. uh, at, like, like faith wise, is he coming home? Was it a good thing for him mm-hmm. faith wise? And yeah, I, I mean, I think so. It's good to always be back around um, Bible believe you more know. believers. Yeah, the tough thing with our job 
is it's really hard to get connected in a church yeah. because we're on the road all the time, especially on weekends. Yeah. So that's one negative I would say is just be um, part of a community of yeah, faith. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. I mean, I often watch on Sundays, I'll watch church on zoom yeah. and I'll try to stay connected when I can, but it's just not the same. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's one of the drawbacks. I have a ton of friends who are Christian comedians who are full-time, uh, and I know that's not even what you're asking, but yeah. but they do that full-time performing at churches, and I think that's great, and I yeah. perform at churches, but to me, I want to reach more mm-hmm. non-believers, yeah. and I feel like that's my calling. Yeah, so Which that's is great. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so. That's kind of where I feel like I fit in the best, and yeah. I want to, I don't want to tiptoe, but I want to show people that you can be funny still be a believer, not be hokey mm-hmm. and not, uh, you know, deny your faith. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's cool. Um, our radio station does not allow me anymore. I do the afternoon show drive time. Mm-hmm. And in that studio, I am the master of my domain. I am confident. I know what I'm doing, you know, get great ratings but they don't let me go introduce bands anymore because when I step in front of a live audience, my safety net's gone. And so I go from being one of the most confident entertainers to this guy who is like speech class in high school Mm. and I mess up the words. So they're like, you know what? Just stay home. Mm -hmm. We'll get the street team to go introduce Mm -hmm. Toby Mac Mm -hmm. because something happens to me in the live audience. And so when I'm a, I'm a, I'm a student of comedy, I, uh, Jerry Seinfeld's comedians and cars and coffee is mm-hmm. like school for comedians. Mm-hmm. It incredible. And so when I, your line of work to me, I respect so much because the ability you and I are doing the same job, except I get to go hide in the studio. You have to put yourself out there in front of a live audience. A lot of times alcohol is involved. So the audience is more free to yell things and I couldn't take it. So mm-hmm. I've never even tried to get up and do a, what do you call it? The open mic night. Right. I couldn't like, I can work on comedy privately. Right. But I would never go do it because I can't take that instant rejection of a joke, not working. Right. And that's, that's where I respect your line of work. But what is the most nervous you have ever been in your life on stage? Can you think of the moment that you wanted to go run and obviously a joke not working, you get that a, a lot where right. if it doesn't work, you're like, I'm ex- <laughs> no, not you specifically, like a comedian. Right, obviously you get that a lot, joke's not working. <laughs> you know what I'm saying with something so missing. So you're used to that, Brian. <laughs> Is there anything worse than your set that really upsets you? <laughs> no, I'm saying like something other than maybe a joke not working, like where you just wanted to run and hide. Was there one night in particular... Um, you know, I've uh, I've performed in front of all black audiences, and that can be intimidating. Yeah, but it's also, and I remember being really nervous. It's also one of the best uh, experiences I've ever had. Huh. And I'll plug a video of mine. I have a YouTube video that has like two and a half million views now of me performing in front of an all black audience. Yeah, and because I am so white, I'm not just white. I'm very white. Gaffigan white. Yeah, I'm like the <laughs> definition of white. Yeah, it again. It was such a contrast that, yeah. that they love me, and it went really, really, really well. Huh. So it ended up being a, such a great experience. But I remember being very nervous, of yeah. course, into a packed 
all black audience. Um, yeah. Because I was very, very nervous how they'd accept me. Um, I mean, when I started, I was always really nervous, never to the point where like, I can't do this and I still get nervous. I just performed at a church and I just, the setup wasn't good. And I'm like, Oh boy, I don't think they're going to go for me. Yeah. And and I was right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) They did not go for me. (laughs) Right. Um, Do you ever get back on the plane? Like if something doesn't work, do you ever get back on the plane? Like, how do you get back on the horse on weekends like that? Where it's like, that just didn't fly. Well, like, you know, you're good. You, you yeah, you but know. boy, I don't know if you were like this, but I could have 10 great shows in the world and then one bad experience. And I'm like, I should quit. You're Van Gogh with a knife in your hand. Yeah, I'm ready. Hand. I'm like, this is terrible. This is terrible. And I've told this story on our podcast, but one of the most painful bombing stories was the one I performed with my mom in attendance. Yeah. Where. I performed in my hometown for the Wilson County Livestock Association. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As one does. <laughs> yes, of course. It was an outdoor event at a park pavilion yeah. in 90-degree weather, which was also the average age of the people there. Right. <laughs> and they had big fans blowing, which helped to keep the tears in my eyes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy who went up performing me was from the County Processing Association. Talk about a proposed tax increase. Oh, nice. And I thought, well, they'll at least like me better than him, but right. they did not. <laughs> they were at least interested in that tax increase. And I bombed and bombed and bombed. And your mom's there. Right and my there. mom's there in the audience. And all of a sudden, I mean, it's, I, we could not make eye contact. It was so it was so awkward. Yeah. And I finally got done. And I usually, when I bomb, I go hide in the green room until everybody's gone. We're at an outdoor picnic pavilion. <laughs> I had nowhere to go. Yeah. I had to sit back down, <laughs> squeeze in between two people who ate in my act, and just sit there. <laughs> Through the thing, then they start auctioneering off some stuff. I forgot to mention that they'd asked me to donate a CD to to auction off for this thing. So they start doing all the auctioneering. People are bidding on bags of feed and troughs, and, all, and they're all getting into it. I don't care. I'm just like, thank you for not paying attention to me. Yeah. Then they lift up my CD. They're like, all right, we're going to bid on the CD from the <laughs> comedian after everything, bombing. After bombing, everything gets quiet again, and I'm like, oh. Can you just please move on? Tell me your mom bit on it. I got my head down. I'm like, oh, I hope my mom doesn't have to buy the CD. And I look over at her and her head's down. I'm like, I do not want to have to buy this CD. I still have to live here. <laughs> Finally, the auctioneer just be generous. Like, All right, I'm going to buy this myself yeah. just to move oh, it along. No. It was one of the worst. Buy- and then I had to take my mom home. And <laughs> we didn't even talk about it in the car. We just like, let's just move on. Yeah. So I've got plenty of painful bombing stories like that yeah. after the fact. Even after that, I still respect you because you did it. You, This is your line of work now. You're doing it. It's one of the toughest gigs. Um, and so that's why when you see Nate having, you know, and even watching every time the podcast airs and you and Aaron are like, yeah, I did a sold out show. It's like, as a fan of the podcast, we are like rooting for yeah. your career because it's you. like, oh my gosh, he's selling out shows and shows. But you're very f- funny and I'm a tough critic. And even Aaron's stuff is, is not as funny as you, but, <laughs> but it's like, it's very funny stuff to sort of watch success happen. Does Nate treat you guys like a proud papa as you guys find more success? Yeah, I think so. Or does he? He doesn't care. And another thing I'll say is um, with music, music's super, super hard. But when you're starting out performing these terrible venues like sports bars or wherever, it's it's a more passive audience in the Mm -hmm. sense that you can sit there, you can listen, you can clap at the end. Comedy is active. You have to be laughing. So... 
Yeah. There's really not bombing so much in music. Right. I don't think. Not like comedy. They could be bored or not into it. Yes. But not they don't get violent. <laughs> it's not obvious how bad the performer's doing. Yeah. But in comedy, if no one's listening or if no one's laughing, it's clear to everyone that guy's not doing well. Yeah. And no one cares. Yeah. And I've had friends come to shows and you can fake laughter for a little while. Yeah. But only for a little while. That's nothing you can't really Yeah. After a while you see if they're faking it or not. Yeah. You know. I want to finish on this one story because we saw Nate play in Naples, as I mentioned, and very funny show. It was his yeah. most recent stuff, but I I don't go in crowds. I don't like crowds, so this was rare for me to leave my house. And so there I am with my what was my wife with us? No, me and my daughter, Steve, a group of us here in this room are there. We're in the back row. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Paid yeah. money to see Nate. And there were, so we know every joke in the Tennessee Kid and yep. in Gravest Average American. We know all the jokes and this is all new stuff. But the tables in front of us, the people were talking. And I asked Nate about this backstage after. I'm like, does this, like, why are you here? If you're going to talk, they were mm. complaining about their bill. Like, I've been waiting for this day for three months. And, and I was like, does that bother you? People are like having side conversations and stuff. And uh, it distracted me. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like, why didn't you go to a movie? Why didn't you go to something else? This is a guy. You have to listen to get this stuff. And you guys are arguing over bills. And, you know, what should we order? So this was, was a venue there where there was actual tables and it was restaurant. Ordering? Yeah, it was like tables ordering, you know, where the checks come, all that stuff. Huh. But it was the fact that I couldn't understand why they weren't hanging off every joke, every yeah. word. Yeah. And I was distracted. I couldn't hear. I was getting mad. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to make a scene like, hey, shut up, you know. Mm -hmm. But I, it bothered me. Yeah. And that rarely happens for Nate now because now everyone knows who he is and they're usually they're very, the ones. very invested. So that's surprising a little bit to hear. It still happens, though. I open a lot now for Leanne Morgan, who's another very funny, yeah. clean comedian that people should check out. And fans love her. But just this past weekend, we had one heckler right up front, and yeah. he's talking the whole show, and he's right up front, so I can hear him. He's throwing my timing off, yeah. and I finally had to stop and say something to him in front of 3,000 people oh. in a packed uh, you know, theater. See, I couldn't deal. That's not ideal. Yeah. <laughs> so how, did it, how does that go? Well, he, he was very inebriated. Yeah, yeah. So therefore, even though I'm, I, he shut up for a minute, yeah. he was so drunk, he just couldn't even... And this is your livelihood. You've worked on this joke. Yes. And it's how you pay your bills and one person can come and throw the whole thing off. I was afraid. Pauses are so important in comedy for yeah. timing. And I was afraid to pause because I was afraid he was going to yell something or say something to yeah. ruin the joke. He eventually got shown out. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it's rare nowadays with these theater shows that Nate does. That, yeah. that happens, but occasionally it still happens. Yeah, you almost want to charge more to get the real fans yeah. in so you can avoid, oh, hey, I don't even know who's up here. Well, there's a lot of truth to that. Comedy clubs, um, very often when you're not a named act, but they still want to sell food and drinks, yeah. they do a thing called papering the room, which mm -hmm. is basically just giving out free tickets to get people in so they'll buy food and drinks. Yeah. Problem is, these people aren't invested yeah. in the act at all. So most of us would rather have... A hundred people that were actually there to see us, yeah. then three hundred, where two hundred of them could care less. Yeah, because it's just going to make it a worse show. Oh yeah, 
Well, outside of Nate Land podcast, where can we send people to check out um, your stand-up? Uh, well, my website's BrianBatesComedy.com. Um, Instagram. Instagram, Brian Bates Comic. Okay. Twitter, this Brian Bates Comic. Okay. Um, you know, stuff well, like that. We'd love to keep in touch because we're, we're a fan. And, um, and so whenever you got something new you want to showcase in paper the southeast let me know <laughs> and we'll we'll put you on the air and definitely Thank whenever you. you're coming to the southeast want to make sure people get to these shows and and not heckle you yes so congrats on the baby as well Thank you so much i had this big idea i was gonna my mother has a printing machine yeah and so i was gonna have a onesie made up for you with the the show's logo uh-huh. and uh and breakfast on the back and I ran out of time before you came in but I was oh, going to have that I kind of wish you had told you. me that so when you come to Florida <laughs> when you come to, yeah, sorry I had a great idea of a You're, gift yeah <laughs> and so I'd rather just tell You're you about to take it credit for a gift that you didn't do <laughs> yeah. I was going to get you a Lamborghini and uh, have the license plate say Bates um yeah, so whenever you're in the southeast, I'm gonna make that happen and show up at a show. Except the baby will have outgrown the onesie by the time. <laughs> make it a twosie. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate the time. Appreciate you dropping by. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Always fun to have a comedian on the show. Uh, Brian Bates uh, is on the Nate Land podcast. It was nice for him to trickle over here to this podcast. Want to remind you to hit subscribe. You'll be alerted when the next uh, episode is available for you. By the way, let's talk about that next episode. He's got one of the biggest songs in faith-based music over the past couple of years in Be All Right with Danny Gokey, which is just half English, half Spanish, uh, Desesperado. He's one of my favorite guys to get to chat with. Very interesting guy. Next week, Evan Craft will be the latest episode. Hit subscribe. You'll be alerted when that's out. Also, don't forget, follow us on Instagram. We appreciate that five-star review. And, and, oh, again, hit subscribe. In the meantime, thank you for listening. Peace.